have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. And at that time, each one will receive praise from God. So I want to talk about proper considerations. And first of all, I want to I talk about the apostles. We've talked about how through these chapters, the we here he's referring to is at least including the apostles and possibly the, the, the prophets as well uh, that were in each church. Um, but he says, so men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. And again, I think this is that specific group that he's talking about. This is how to consider apostles or prophets. Apollos wasn't an apostle, he was, but he was a part of this group of, of, of teachers, special teachers that God had given um, to help establish the church in its, in its infancy here. Well, how should they be evaluated? Evaluated? Evaluated. What did they? What, what did he say we are? They've been entrusted. Okay. So they have. Uh, so they have special knowledge. Okay. Directly from God. Okay. So, so they have a, a, a position of authority, and yet at the same time, he calls them what? Servants. Servants. And it is, it's important for us to remember, is like, don't elevate us above where we are. We are servants. We're servants with gifts and with, with things that God has given us, but we are at the core. We are servants. Don't elevate us above humanity. Um. We are not superheroes. We are servants. And the source of their value is what? We talked about it in the last chapter. What is the source of their value? It's the mystery. It's the gospel. What what you're saying. They've been entrusted with, with certain knowledge. They've been given this gift. It is the mysteries of Christ that give them whatever value they have as apostles. It's not the sign on the door. (laughs) No one cares about that, or should care. And their realistic expectation is what? What should we expect of them? Hmm? They're faithful. You give a job... To somebody, you expect that they're faithful. And this is applicable whether you're an apostle or not. There's no apostles here. But men with a position, servants, or women with jobs in the the church who have been given and entrusted with something should be faithful. And we should expect that of them. But we don't elevate them to superhuman status. Regardless of who they are and uh, how impressive they spoke or whoever they were, they're still at the core 
servants. The apostles had Jesus' example. Yes. I mean, he was elevated, crowds rushed to him, mm -hmm. but he himself served yeah. from morning till yeah. night. Yes. Yeah. Washing feet. I mean, the, the mindset of servant was always there with Christ. A good point. Um, now, he, he has a statement in here, and he talks about, he says, I don't judge myself. Didn't we just end chapter 2 talking about how we're supposed to judge ourselves? And if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Right? Didn't that sound familiar? And he says, well, I don't judge myself. Contradiction? <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? So, so obviously there's an explanation. What does he mean? Maybe it's past. Okay, possibly. Okay, remember we talked about the, the two different natures of judgment. There's the, the, the process of, 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 of trying to figure out the value of things and the... Uh, the legitimacy of things and he's judging all things, right? Is this is this proper? Is this whatever? There's a, that type of judgment. But he's, but at the same time, he's, he said, but yet no one judges me, right? Like like uh, if you do that, there's then there's not this final verdict, right? Uh, of of your existence. That's the part that that we shouldn't be doing. He says, Listen, I'm not going to give my final verdict. Right? Because Paul still has time. You give your final verdict. I'm great. This person is whoever. It, it, when we give the final verdict, with, unless they're dead, <laughs> there's still pages to be written. Right? Um, and. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and, and, and that's the other point is, is that the, what he says here is God makes those verdicts. That is God's to judge. I'm doing what I can do. I'm a servant. I'm trying to be faithful. And and if I do that, now I'm going to trust God to make that final verdict. We don't make that final verdict. Uh, so try to avoid final verdict. Um, and he clearly refers to that. He talks about. Um, Judge nothing before the appointed time. So he's clearly referencing the final judgment of things. He's not talking about this point of trying to evaluate a minister. If a minister comes in and says something that sounds off, you're like, oh, we better investigate this. That's a type of judgment, but it's not the type of judgment that is forbidden. I, the type of judgment God does not want is that judgment which delivers the final verdict. So Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, testing the spirits, those types of things. T testing the source of things. Is this a, from a godly source? Does this does is this in concert with with what the apostles taught? Right? He he even says, "Listen, if an angel comes and gives you a a message that's different from the one that we've delivered to you, let that man be accursed. Not accursed from the sense of you're telling that person go to hell." But you're saying, listen, we can't have 
a connection with this because it's not. God will judge them, but but you have to act like that. We we can't have connection with this. Um, Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting. He says here that that um, he says, "Judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light the hidden what is hidden in the darkness, and expose the motives of men's heart." Why is that important in terms of my judgment? What's that? Okay, Jesus has a righteous judgment. Not really your actions necessarily, it's your heart. Okay. From my perspective as the person who would be judged, it, it motives affect things. The why. But from other people's perspectives as, as those who would judge me, what's important here? We go through this in our house all the time. We went through it last night. You can't read people's minds. Well, she thinks this. I'm like, wow, is that your superpower? You don't have that superpower. Judging what is a man's motive. Only God knows that. We make absolute verdicts on things that we might be wrong on. I grew up where there was another unpardonable sin. Suicide. Right? It's a logical thing. But my Bible only tells me there's one unpardonable sin. There is one unpardonable sin, and it wasn't suicide. But I grew up that way because, hey, listen, you can't kill. If you kill yourself, that's the last thing you did, so you can't ask for forgiveness. Logic says... Sorry. Wait a minute. But that's that would make it to the unpardonable sin. So so I have to compare. There's something in here that I can't. There's only one thing that can explain how that's not an unpardonable sin then. And that would be if God understands that there's motives that might explain things a little bit differently. Mental illness or, you know, something that a person simply can't deal with. That God can forgive. That we, can, we judge and we have no idea all those things. That's why it's important that God is judged. I can't hear you. What? When Jesus had put a millstone around your neck, if you cross one of his sins, does that mean that... Well, I wouldn't say that he was speak. That was a we'll call it a rhetorical statement. Uh, he's just kind of comparing. He's saying it would have been better if that would have happened uh, than com- considering what's going to happen to you. You know, um, it wasn't telling people to do that. But he's. But the 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 point is that we're trying to get to is judgment. We are that is way above any of our pay grade. <laughs> To, to judge anybody's thoughts, motives. You think you know. And you have no idea what's going on inside people's minds. And sometimes people don't know their own motives. You know that. 
I, I knew a guy that, well, we'll just say he did something he shouldn't have. We'll just leave it there. A really good friend of mine. And um, we were talking about it later. And um, he said he went through therapy for it. And um, he said, I uncovered so many lies that I've been telling myself that I wasn't even aware of. And just when I thought I had them and we were worked through them, he's like, my counselor would ask me a question and we would uncover a whole new set of lies. <laughs> um, and he's like, he just was unaware of it. We developed this and we talk about the self-talk and various things like this that, that we think and we form a reality that may not be reality. Uh, so, so me trying to judge a person's motives <laughs> when they can't even figure that out themselves sometimes, I mean, that, that's dangerous. So God... Uh, has to be left to do that. Verse 6 and 7, he says, Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man against another. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you didn't receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? I think this is um, uh, noble. Paul describes what a leader should be, which is what? Humble. Faithful. Hmm? Faithful. Faithful. You should know where your strength and knowledge comes from. Hmm. Okay. So so that's that's the first thing. You know where it comes from. You can get so impressed in in what accomplishments you've achieved that you forget where it came from. That's the first thing. And we get back to that pride thing that we talked about. There's one other thing in here that really explains Paul's and Paulus's mentality. We did it first before we expected it of you. Basically, that's what he said. Jesus talked about those who bind strong loads on other men's backs and don't lift a finger themselves. No, they, they don't go. Where We did this first, Paul's saying. Anything we've asked of you, we've done it first. We're not separate. We're servants. We don't hold ourselves above. All of this goes into one idea of, of trying to present uh, a gospel in a way that makes people want to do it. Right? I can look at other people. I'm much more inclined to do something if, if I know there's other people. Okay. 
Saturday went out in freezing cold hunting. I was out till 10. Freezing cold. I got smart. Right? And I got all these hot hand things and I'm all set and warm. But every day after that, I didn't make it past nine. The difference was, the difference was, the first day I was out with Cam and Cam's neighbor. We were out kind of in a group. Every other day I was by myself. And I got discouraged. Right? It, it, it's the difference. It, when you're by yourself, it, it is harder. And this is what Paul is saying. You know that there's somebody else that's doing this along with you, that's been doing it before you. It's easier to stay focused on what you're doing. That's the gospel. Your situation is miserable as company. Yes. Yes, and there were several miserable people. On there. So, um, I want to talk about some of the implications of this. Um, in emphasizing one, we undermine the entire group. Yeah. Once you've said one apostle is better than the other, you've you've diminished the office of apostleship, right? What God established, God established these as as men that were of of one part of the structure, and you say, well, I like this better. You've taken what God made it, and you've undermined it. You've 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 made it something it was never intended to be, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. The, right. Yeah. Uh, we want to be more important, and and immediately, immediately, what you saw was the other apostles grumbling about them. Immediately, there was dissension when one thought to lift themselves up. That's a really good point. Um, those that would do that make themselves more a, a source of wisdom really than the apostles right? if you think of this in, in, in the Corinthian church we are determining that this part over here is more important <laughs> well here's this part here that's beneath not in sense of value but, but in sense of understanding determining what the better part of the apostleship is which is really kind of ironic. And so we make ourselves more wise than God. It kind of goes back again to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. All different parts of the body, and one the foot sometimes important as an eye, and, and he says, no, all the parts of the body are equally important. Yeah. Now, we don't have apostles today, right? But we can still do this 
by way of application. Not just with reference to this person or that person, but with reference to the apostles. Right? We, we do this when we pit one scripture against another. Right? You ever seen somebody do that? Well, I like this verse over here. Well, Peter said this. Well, Paul says this in Romans. You've just established <laughs> that Peter or Paul was more important. We've done exactly what the Corinthians were doing. It's just that the men who wrote it are dead now. That's the only difference. We, we've, we've, dis- we've determined that Paul, what Paul writes here in this verse in, in Ephesians is more important. Sometimes we pit Paul against Paul. <laughs> well, I like Paul over here. Well, what about Paul over here? <laughs> what about Paul in the first chapter of this book? Or you, know, you forgot what Paul wrote a couple of verses earlier. It, 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 we can do that. It's a, um, it really, at its, its core, is the same idea. Uh, we're elevating in our ignorance what God established through all of the apostles. Right. So, so that's important. Um, when I do that, the, the reality is what I do is I force the apostles in their inspired word to submit to me. My logic, my wisdom. Right? And we go back to that very thing that we were talking about at the beginning you need to unlearn everything you know sometimes. Everything I think, I think, needs to be... It's not that I'm wrong 100% of the time, but, but I have to act as though I could be wrong on anything. Because I'm human. If I say, well, I know this absolutely has to be truth, and I say, this is not open for a discussion... That could be where I'm wrong. I'm not saying that we have to give up everything and, okay, I don't know anything. But that ability to acknowledge that I could be wrong, and that it is, exists within the realm of possibility. Uh, that the apostles might be saying something different than I was raised to believe, that I was taught in college, all those things. That men who I looked up to my whole life might have been wrong on. That is hard. I'm very heavily invested. I'm heavily invested in those men and women. They reared me in Christ. And they are the reason I'm a Christian. And for me to go, yeah, but they might have been wrong, is very difficult for me. We'll try to get through this next section here. Uh, Verse 8, beginning through 13, he says, Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have become kings. And without us. Oh, how I wish that you really had become kings, so that we might be kings with you. For it seems to me that God has put us as apostles on display at the end of the procession. Like men condemned to die in the arena, we have been made a a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men. We are fools for Christ. But you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. 
You are honored, we are dishonored, and to this very hour we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags, we are brutally treated, we are homeless. We work hard with our own hands, and when we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are uh, slandered, we answer kindly. And up to this moment, we have become scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. So I want to talk about disparity a little bit. In what sense can the Corinthians be said to reign where the apostles have not? Well, we talk about reigning with Christ. That can't be it. What? In what sense? Hmm? Okay. Socially, there was probably a significant percentage of these people that were in the nice area of Corinth. I mean, and Corinth is a pretty nice town. At least that one part was. So it, it's it's possible that it refers to that. About reason being sarcastic. It, it's possible that he's being sarcastic. It's hard to read tone of voice in a 2,000-year-old letter. So, um, I've I've often wondered that. Oh, you reign without us. And I wish we did too. Um, But I never know if I'm just putting my own tone of voice in there. So, um, but likely I think he's thinking of their physical luxury because he contrasts it with their physical circumstances. We are displayed, we're humbled. You've got this wonderful position. And he says, he says, I wish we had it too. The apostles gave up a lot. Yes. Their livelihoods, everything in order to preach. Yeah. These people still have their livelihoods. Right. Even yeah. though they're in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they do, if they're in the affluent... Yes, and, and we're going to come to that. I think that's a really important um, an important thing here. But, he, but Paul says, um, I wish we had that with you. Now, how can you say that? Wouldn't it be nice if if we could reign as as apostles with the gospel to to preach this freely and have that position that you have that that we could benefit from that somehow? I, w- I wish we could benefit from your your position where where you you're not, uh, but we're dragged and 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 we've been killed and we've been persecuted. And he's like, I, I wish we had a little of that. I think that's a natural thing for an apostle who's kind of had it rough their whole life to, to go, kind of wish I had that. That's nice. That'd be a great thing to have. So, how did the Corinthians likely achieve their status and position? That's significant. How did they get that? Think about the setup. The setup is important. 
How did they maintain it? Okay. Some compromise, likely. I don't think Paul is saying, oh boy, I wish we could compromise too. That's likely the reason the apostles didn't have it, and and this church with its various things, how do you maintain it? Well, you compromise a little bit. That's how you maintain the reputation among the people. And then you you go to church... And, and you do your religious thing here, you keep it here, and then you live your life. Then you live, then you church, and then you live, and then you church. And as long as you can keep those separate, then, um, you know, then it works. I can keep what I like, my reputation, my job, my whatever, my nice house. And then I can have my worship, too, because I'm intellectually, I, I know that, okay, some of the things that, that I was taught and whatever is incorrect, and so, so I, I maintain that, too. Uh, don't rock the boat. Right? Let's not upset societal standards. Let's not say things. Let's not do things that are incompatible with the way the world wants to operate. Continue to accommodate surrounding philosophies. At least give a nod to them. You don't have to actually believe them, just kind of pretend you do. And so long as we do that, we can maintain our nice reputation. <clears throat> and people will like us. And we won't be jerks or whatever. And um, any thoughts? I think we're going to close there. Yeah. It seems kind of funny to me that, uh, like you're saying, we live our lives, we go to work, and whatever, and everything's fine, you know, just happy and whatever, and like you said, we go to church on Sunday, whatever, but the minute you start to, I remember like when I was in school, before class I'd write on the the chalkboard, Bible study, 7.30, Wednesday, or something like that, you know, you get plaque for that, Mm -hmm. you mentioned something at work, you know, hey, uh, come to Bible study or whatever. It's like, well, you can't talk about church or whatever religion at work, whatever. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, apostles do that, and they get flat for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. that's just the way people react. Right. You know, and yeah, they would maybe like to live a normal life and, yeah. you know, have a family and a house, like you said. But it doesn't work for them. Right. Because they're busy doing what they're supposed to do. Right. And getting the platform. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly the situation. Um, and I think that's a, 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 a perfect illustration of how it continues today. Uh, we might not have the exact circumstances that they had. Um, but it, it's every... That, that pressure to shut your yap 
exists uh, in, in our society. Because at the, at the root of it, society has always been against God. Right? There is a prince of this world. And he doesn't want somebody else's nose in his business. And so those who are under that prince are going to say something about it. That's, that's not new. That's always been. All right, any other thoughts? Yeah. That's not what we've signed up for. Yeah. I'm so sorry, I love you, but yeah. that's not the way it's going to be. I mean, you can achieve, and some people can achieve uh, things, um, but at, at some point you have to, you know, am I going to compromise or not? And then, and then those things have to, not everyone's compromised, right? Um, and, and some people can achieve those standards and levels, and, and they're few and far between, but they can. Um, and that that would be a noble goal. Just as long as we remember when the when the chips are down, I have to pick one. Right? If I'm willing to pick one, right, I can't. There, there comes a point where I can't pick both. Right? So, excellent thought. We're going to close there.